inviting me. Thank you for turning out. And uh, I look forward to a great weekend with you. I didn't get to the Terry's chocolates, but there you go. Uh, uh, it's a joy to in, be in the Lord's presence, to enjoy worship with you. And it's not often uh, that I'm personally invited to address the theme of healing, uh, though often uh, and increasingly uh, find myself praying for the sick at the end of meetings. So it's, for me, I, I quite enjoy the opportunity to kind of focus in on the theme and pray that God will teach even as we're looking at it and considering it. So I pray I'll be a blessing to you and that we will together learn from God. I'm going to read a couple of verses in Romans, uh, Romans chapter 1, and then uh, the last, at the end of Romans as well, okay? So Romans chapter 1, just to remind us of this tremendous statement about the gospel in Romans 1, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh who was declared son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead according to the spirit of holiness Jesus Christ our Lord. So the gospel is concerning his son, who is son of God with power, demonstrated and proved by the resurrection. He's now the enthroned king of glory. That's what the gospel is all about, the gospel of this son who's there reigning in power. And then at the end, in Romans 15, 18, and 19, Romans 15, verses 18 and 19, the end of this epistle, I'll not presume to speak of anything except of what Christ, this resurrected glorious Lord, has accomplished through me, resulting in obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and round about as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Or it could be translated, I have fulfilled. I have fulfilled the gospel. I have preached it with signs and wonders and demonstrations and fulfilled the gospel. Brought this good news, which has been with word and deed all around the Mediterranean. So let's just pray together. Father, thank you so much for the joy of singing your praise together. Thank you for... Lord, those to our right and left, who, Lord, together we, we, we are your people, your, your dwelling place. Father, thank you for the privilege of fellowship in the Holy Spirit. And we ask you right now, Father, for the promise of the Spirit to be our experience. Come, come, Holy Spirit, rest upon us now. Lead us into truth. Let your living word come alive to us. Let your presence speak it into our hearts. Lord, quicken faith as we're opening your word together, we pray. Come and do wonders amongst us, Lord. 
You pray against the backdrop of an increasingly unbelieving nation. We long for you to manifest your presence in and through the church. So glorify your name here tonight, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, healing is a difficult subject, like sound. Uh, it's a difficult theme uh, because, well, sometimes you feel you've got it, then you feel, I lost it, whatever it was. And I know for myself, uh, when the so-called charismatic movement started, I, I was kind of in at the beginning, I guess. I got filled with the Spirit in 1962. I was in a Baptist church, and uh, uh, we started a prayer fellowship praying for revival. Uh, that was the theme. Uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones had preached right through uh, 1959, the whole year. He preached on revival, uh, commemorating 100 years on from the 1859 uh, revival was a subject on people's lips. A man called Arthur Wallace had written a great book, In the Day of Thy Power, all about revival. And some of us started gathering to pray for revival. Come, come please come in revival power. That was our passion. That's what we were after. And then, to our surprise, amazement, and delight, individuals started getting filled with the Spirit. And uh, the charismatic movement started. Uh, I, among others, got filled with the Spirit and uh, had the privilege and joy of laying hands on a number of the young people in the Baptist church we were in, and the youth group came alive. Uh, and we started going out on the streets, and we were in the Brighton area, and on uh, a summer afternoon in Brighton, crowds would walk along that seafront, and there's a top promenade and a lower promenade, and uh, if you start preaching down there, you can get quite a crowd. And so we started moving out. We'd never done anything like that before. I mean, the Spirit came, we began to witness. And we're out there, we're preaching the gospel, and the crowds are gathering. Uh, and if you've, got, if you've got someone shouting at you, it was even better, because the crowds came more. And uh, it was tremendous fun every Sunday afternoon, preaching. I remember at one point, quite early on, one of my friends who was in the prayer group, uh, he, he's preaching, it's his, his turn, you know, we were singing and playing guitar, and, and then, then I'd preach on the box, then someone else would, and so on. And my friend's preaching, he said, Jesus is alive. And, uh, and if anyone is sick here, come forward, and Jesus will heal you. And I thought, will he? I mean, we haven't, <laughs> we haven't talked about that. And, uh, and as, as, as he said that, someone on the top balcony, the sort of top promenade, uh, with the people hanging over looking down at us, he shouted out to my friend, he said, if he'll heal you, what are you wearing glasses for? Get your glasses off. And it was, it was almost like someone took a spear and threw it straight through his chest. I was like, oh gosh. And um, for the next few days, maybe weeks actually, I had the terrifying experience of being driven around by my friend who had taken off his glasses <laughs> and was driving. And it was scary to be the passenger. You know, healing is a funny subject. It's, uh, and obviously it can be a very tragic subject, a subject where you think, oh, I hope, and then we don't see things happen. And I felt God spoke to me a few years back now saying, as a pastor, you very often lead the church to pray for the sick when some devastating thing happens in your church. A sickness comes in. Someone in the church, someone beloved, maybe a child, and the church prays and prays and prays. And then sometimes, sadly, it's a death. You think, oh gosh, you know, this healing thing's a problem. And I felt God said to me, you only battle in your own half. 
You only fight defensively. I want you to take the battle into the other half. I want you to be aggressive. I don't want you only praying for the sick when there's a powerful inroad into your church community. Come on, let's take the ball into their half. Let's, let's battle aggressively. And so I began to work and read the word more. And uh, I want to just talk about things that we all, we all know, but sometimes we don't necessarily put them together. Steph's made passing reference to some of them. And then I'll include testimony as we go through. All right? So I don't claim to be an authority by any means. But I do thank God we're seeing more and more people healed. And I, pr- I believe God will heal people here tonight. I'm expecting that to happen. And uh, I believe he will do that. So let's just look at the scriptures where Paul says, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 2, my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I would expect that verse to finish, but in the word of God. Not the wisdom of men, but the word of God. No, it says, not in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. And the gospel advanced with phenomenal demonstrations of power. There's no question about the fact that Jesus drew great crowds, and that was much to do also with the fact that signs and wonders were taking place. People came pressing through. They tried to touch him. Later, they tried to touch the apostles to get in the shadow of Peter. There was, there was a demonstration of power. It was part of the gospel coming. And Paul says, my gospel didn't depend upon uh, the wisdom of men. It's not using uh, uh, rhetoric and the skills of public speech that was so popular in his day. He said, I'm not depending on that. I'm I'm looking for God's power uh, to be demonstrated, which included these signs and wonders. As I read to you just now in Romans 15, he, he says, I fully preach, you could translate it that way, or you could translate the word, I fulfilled the gospel. I brought the good news. I didn't just explain it. I didn't just argue it. I demonstrated it. I have a great friend, an Indian evangelist called Ram Babu, and uh, he's an amazing gospel preacher. I always feel when I preach the gospel, I kind of explain it. He announces it. It's just like an announcement, and I've seen amazing healings. He was in England like two weeks ago, and uh, with some friends of mine, the photographs of him on the platform, which he put on his Facebook or Twitter or whatever, uh, and there's this lady pushing her wheelchair around, and there's him sitting in it and letting her push him around. And I mean, he just sees these things happen all the time. I've been with him in India and seen scores healed. Um, I mean, he announces the kingdom, the kingdom, Jesus is here. And, uh, and, I, and I believe God wants to do something in us, dear friends, to give us more courage and expectation that he will work. Hebrews 2, God also bearing witness with them by signs and wonders and various miracles. They witnessed and God bore witness. God added his witness through these various evidences that he was with them. It was part of the early church. Now, some people would say, well, you know, there's no, there's no preaching of healing in the New Testament. You won't, find a gospel, you won't find a sermon about healing, which is true. But you've got to think perhaps things like this. It says, 
When Paul was preaching, and we don't know what he was preaching, when he was preaching, he said, seeing the man had faith to be healed, he said, rise up. While Paul's preaching, the man had faith to be healed. So what's Paul preaching? There's no sermon in the Bible about healing, but he's preaching a Jesus who healed the sick. So Paul's preaching, and a guy gets faith to be healed. It says in Galatians chapter 3, did you receive the Spirit, or did signs and wonders take place among you through the keeping of the law, or through hearing, hearing with faith? You heard with faith. What did you hear with faith? Well, signs and wonders happened. People got filled with the Spirit. What were they hearing? But they weren't just hearing, if I may say this, they weren't just hearing about justification. He said you, you, it was through hearing with faith that signs and wonders took place. So there must have been a gospel that was big enough to inspire expectation that things would happen. That, and we have tended to be more kind of theologically arguing a line about justification. Praise God for justification. But I believe they were preaching of gospel like Peter did in Acts 10. When Peter says, you know about this Jesus, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God was with him. That's the Jesus they preached. They, they preached a Jesus who healed the sick. That was what was happening. And God owned that message. The message came not in word only, but in power. And beloved, we here in Western Europe, we here in England, we, we need to listen to what's happening globally. I met a guy called Eddie Leo, who's got a huge church in Jakarta. I think it's like 26,000. It's a great, great church. And uh, he said to me, we have seen nine raised from the dead as a church. And I was talking to a Nigerian guy, and he said, we saw six last year. <laughs> you, see, so, you see, we tend to look through these, you know, it doesn't happen. See, people say, oh, that doesn't happen today. That doesn't happen today. I said that to I said to Ram Babu. There are certain people in the in America saying these things don't happen today. He says, "Where are they living?" <laughs> so you can live in a narrow thing and say you don't see this, but if we look further afield, my, what is God doing? And so we need to be awakened to this reality. It's how it was in the Bible. God worked by His Spirit. So let's kind of back up and just go through things that we truly know, as we've just said. It's in the character of God, right? The God's self-revelation, Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord who heals you. It was one of his names, Yahweh who heals. It's one of the revelations of God. It's one of his covenant names, Yahweh who heals. I am the Lord who heals you. Psalm 103, forget not all his benefits. Forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases. And we find in the scriptures God answering prayer and healing people. Abraham prays for the sick, they get healed. Elijah prays for the sick, they get healed. Elisha prays for the sick, they get healed. There are examples that just call on the Lord and his, his power is revealed. Often these stories are about individuals who get healed, but then you also see those times when there's a kind of almost like a mass healing when when they're told to lift up the brass serpent, we find that people are being stung by serpents, snakes are biting them, and people are dying. 
and they're instructed, hold up the serpent, make a serpent, hold it up. And when they looked, everyone who looked was healed. God healed people who would otherwise have died. He is the Lord who heals. He demonstrated it in stories. And then we find as we come into the New Testament, the breaking out of the kingdom, the government of God, this coming of God's which had been longed for right through the Old Testament. So Jesus inaugurates it in Luke 4. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to open the eyes of the blind and so on. I've come to bring the word and the presence of God. That's what he did. And his life was constantly healing the sick. You read the Gospels, Jesus is either just healing somebody or he's just going to heal somebody or he's just coming back from healing somebody. I mean, it's just, you can't read the Gospels without seeing this is part of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus. He turned no one away. He turned no one away. He says he healed them all. He healed them all. And we just need to let that hit us, wake us up. We might say, that's not my experience, but... Are we going to settle them for that's my experience? Are we going to try and be more biblical? I said, well, this is the Bible, Jesus. This is what he was like. He healed them all. And he not only responded to uh, people who asked for healing, he himself initiated. He, He would break through. He took the first step several times and brought healing to people who hadn't even asked yet. So he was a healer. He was one bringing the kingdom, the kingdom of God breaking out. And partial faith was no obstacle. When a guy said, well, I I help my unbelief. Jesus didn't say, well, that won't do. He still healed. I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah, he still healed him. It's not like he's saying, come on, try harder. Jesus never reprimanded a seeker about unbelief. He sometimes reprimanded his disciples, who he was in training, the 12 being trained. When Peter slipped through the water, instead of walking on it, Jesus said, you little faith. To his disciples, he's challenging. To the people, the needy, the sick, no one was told, have more faith, come on. He, He was so generous and kind and merciful and brought healing to them, everyone. It says at one point he went up into a mountain and 5,000 followed him. And, and, and he healed them and taught them. And then it says they slept. The next day he healed them and taught them. And then the third day it says, and he healed them all. And D.A. Carson, the commentator, says, it says 5,000 men. And then it also says in the text, and women and children. And he reckons probably 20,000. So if you think about it, by the end of that story, it says he healed them all. You're in what you might call a third world town of 20,000, and there's not one sick person left. The kingdom of God came down, healed everybody. Jesus was there. He healed them all. And sometimes he, he demonstrated what I would call a confrontational kind of stance. In Luke 13, it says in verse 16, should not this woman a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on this Sabbath day. From what bound her? 
It's like a militant fear. What's she doing like this? This daughter of Abraham. Shouldn't she be free? So Jesus came kind of aggressive. He, he was on the charge. He's, he's a soldier. He's a man of war. And uh, he comes dealing with the situation. He also demonstrated compassion. It says in Mark 14, seeing the crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. You find that often healings have compassion tied in. You find similar in the Mark 1, move with compassion, he touched and healed the leper. The compassion of God. Compassion, in the Bible, compassion is always in connection with Jesus. Even Paul talks about being moved with the compassion of Christ within him. Compassion is a big part of it, I think. I know when I used to work in London, uh, in a secular job at one time, my first left school and was getting involved, uh, there was a guy in my uh, office uh, who was suddenly very ill and in hospital. And word came, it was very serious. And I went to visit him, and uh, I was told, oh, he's in that ward. And I said, okay, I'm going to see him, thank you. And I went down to the ward, and I looked, and he wasn't there. There was only four people in the ward. So I came back. I said, I'm sorry, my friend isn't there. I'm talking about, I said the name. They said, no, he's in that ward. I said, I've just been there. He's not there. He's in there. So I went back and looked, and I, and I looked, and I realized, oh, my, that is, that is the guy at work. I, he looked so ill. I didn't recognize him. And I went over and talked with him, and, and he was in such pain. He said, I haven't slept. And I mean, my heart just, oh, God. And I remember I went home that night, and, and I got down to pray. And, and, and compassion, I'm not, I don't think I'm a very compassionate person. I'm a very selfish person. But it just kind of overwhelmed me. And I, and I remember saying to God, oh, God, you know, let, let him sleep tonight. I'll, I'll stay awake. I'll stay awake. Let him sleep. And I just, I just found compassion grip me. And I'm praying, I'm praying. And I suddenly knew, I, it's her. I know, I know I'm hurt. And eventually I did. I went to sleep. And the, the guy recovered. That was his turning point. And a few weeks later, he was back in the office. All was well. But it was life-threatening. And, and I know that compassion gripped me. And I'm just saying that compassion's part of healing. There's a, some, I think we need things that kind of spark off something in us. And I, I think Jesus, when he said, this woman, this, she'd been bound by Satan, she should be free. It's like anger moved him. Other times, compassion moved him. We sometimes need a trigger to get us out of complacency or indifference, busyness, whatever. Something that engages your spirit. And uh, you see that with Jesus. He is engaged through compassion and I believe God would have us similarly that we be engaged in that kind of way. So he said, right, God is the healer. That's who he is. We said the kingdom is breaking out, which includes these things. We've seen that Jesus himself heals and has moved in these ways. One further step here. Healing, we've been seeing about the blood of Christ implied the cross of Christ. Certainly from the healing, from the cross, I do believe flows healing. Now sometimes people will debate about, is there healing in the atonement? And when I first 
began to think, oh, there's all, you know, there's, there's healing, that's a possibility. And one began to read about faith healers and their arguments from scripture. And sometimes healing in the atonement was to argued almost kind of a logical thing. Like your sins have been forgiven, sickness that's in, in the cross, you just take it, own it, name it, claim it. And I, I, I got very nervous of that, and I've seen people in quite strange attitudes, almost saying, I've got it, and it's not evident that they have. When it's in the cross, it's happened. Well, I would just simply say this, I believe all healing ultimately flows from the cross. That's, that's where the price was paid. That's where all our salvation came from. Yes, of course it comes from the cross. But I don't personally feel comfortable with that kind of logical argument that simply says, well, because that happened, therefore, you know, logically, therefore, I am healed. Uh, we, need, we need other things to happen, which I hope we can fill out as we go along. But I do believe it f- must flow from the cross. That's, that's where God dealt with uh, sin and guilt and shame and sickness. I believe that's where we can see it happening. Even in the Old Testament, where healings flowed, you'll find atonement was being made. You'll find uh, there was, you know, when they lifted up the serpent, that, that whole nation was under judgment then, but God removed uh, the sin, the stain, and brought the healing. And I believe you'll find, if you look closely at it, I think that's where we find our healing flows from. Jesus affirmed faith when he saw it. The woman who was in the crowd, and she's, she's reaching through. I think it's a wonderful story. And uh, Jesus is there, and she is saying to herself, the Bible says, if I can just touch him, I believe I'll be made well. She's saying to herself. And, uh, and she reaches out and touches him, and Jesus says, someone touch me. And the guys say, come on, everyone's touching you. And he realizes, no, this woman is touched. And, and then she kind of owns up. And, and he says, your faith has made you well. He affirms her faith. So God is looking for faith. God wants us to come with expectation. God wants us to have confidence in him. And I believe that the more we see happen, the more we'll see uh, things taking place. So, you know, you find with the 10 lepers, it says, Jesus said to the 10 lepers, go show yourself to the priest. And then it says this, as they went on their way, they were made whole. Go show yourself. It's like if, if, if they said, well, what's the point? Look, I'm covered in leprosy. Go show yourself. And it says, as, okay, let's go. As they went, they were made whole. As they went. There was like a faith. I was praying for some people uh, recently, and uh, we saw some wonderful things begin to happen. And a lady came up to me, and you know, we were milling around afterwards, we were praying for people. And this lady came up to me and she said, um, she said, did you see me in the worship group? And I said, I, I guess I did. She said, did you see I had my hands raised like this? I said, I suppose I did. And she said, that's as far as I can raise my hands. I can't raise them any further. And then she showed me a scar down four vertebrae in her backbone. She said, I've had surgery that's all locked up now. That's as far as I can get my hands. And, I, that, and that, that's the range. I can't get them behind and I can't get them any lower. And we'd seen some things happen. And she said, would you pray for me? I said, of course I'll pray for you. 
I put my hand on her shoulders just, and I said, okay, I prayed. Come on, let's raise them. And she, she started, she stopped, I'm scared. Uh, and I said, come on, let's have another go. So we just prayed again. And then she began to raise them and raise them and raise them and raise them and raise them. And tears started flowing and this big smile. I just said, I can't do this. I can't do this. And she's, she's raising her hands. She's pushing through. She's raising her hands. She's doing it more and more. And her friends were all around. Woo, look, look, look. And then, and then she said, and then she, first thing she did was put hands on her head. And she said, I haven't shampooed my hair for some years now. She said, friends come in three or four times a week and they shampoo my hair for me. And she's saying, oh, 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 I can touch my head. And then she put her hands behind her back and held her hands. And she was, she was stepping, she was pushing through in faith. And she was completely fine. But she, she at first she said, oh, I'm scared to. I'm scared to. I said, come on, let's see it. Let's do it. So she went with faith. She went through it with faith. I was in, I was in Andy Davis's church in South Wales and uh, you know, preached the gospel and preached and uh, praying for people afterwards and going down the line praying for people. And there's a lady in a wheelchair there. And it's, you know, it's not the first thing you want to see. And uh, I, so I, anyway, I go down the line and, and she's there. So I pray for her. And uh, I, I, okay, well, God bless you, dear, you know. And I go on to the next person and I'm praying for the next person. And she got up out of the wheelchair. And I looked, I mean, I was like, whoa. And, 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 and I mean, it was wonderful. She, she the next morning, because this was a Saturday night this was a Saturday night meeting. We're in church on Sunday morning. And she's got a sitting in the row halfway back. And Andy Davis said, uh, uh, Peggy, I think her name was Peggy. Peggy, come and tell us why you're sitting in the row. And everybody looked around. They hadn't kind of realized she's usually in a wheelchair. And she stood up and walked forward. And people went, ah, Peggy, 21 years she'd been in this wheelchair. 21 years. And she walked to the front. And she stood next to Andy Davis, and the first thing she said was, you're rather short, aren't you, Andy? <laughs> and then she, she, said, she said to me later, she said, while you were preaching, you looked right at me. I didn't. I didn't. But she said, while you were preaching, you looked right at me. See, God's in the meeting. And she said, after you went on from me, she said, the Lord Jesus said to me, stand up. So I did. 21 years. She's a counsellor. I mean, she's well known in town. She's on the town council. And she said, I've lost my disability pension. She wrote, to, she, she wrote to me later, I've lost my disability pension. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Wonderful. But, but there was a standout. I haven't stood up for 21 years. But she did. But that faith, there was a step of faith. There was a, a going to meet Jesus. Perhaps you will need to do that tonight. There's a kind of going to meet Jesus, a stepping out, a going to meet Jesus. I'll mention more about this later, but I've prayed with several people with arthritic limbs recently. Prayed with some people with arthritic knees lately. And I just pray for the arthritis to go. And then I'll just put my hand out and say, kick my hand. It's like they look at you and say, oh, that's what I can't do. And, and then I've seen it happen again and again. And they just kick. And they, Whoa, it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. I didn't hurt. 
And I did this just a couple of weeks ago. And the lady kicked my hand, both, both legs, she hadn't, both knees, no pain at all. And she immediately said, oh, I need to kneel down. That would be the real test. Went straight down on her knees. Doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt. It's taking steps of initiative. It's a faith step. And, and so we, God wants us to go and meet him. To, to take that step of, you know, God, you are here. You're here. And, and we go to meet him. So faith is part of the deal. It's moving into what God has. I find, I know for myself, I, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm learning. I'm learning all the time. I prayed for a lady up in Leeds, and uh, she, she said, I've got a curved, bent spine. Would you pray for my spine? And I, I'd pray, put my hand on her back, and I felt her spine moving. Under my, I felt it moving. And, uh, you know, we prayed for a little while. I felt it moving under my hand. And then her husband, you know, we were praying for a little while. And afterwards, her husband came, put his arms around me. He said, you, it feels different. So it feels different. And uh, a few days later, I had a letter from her. I didn't know she was a doctor. And she sent me x-ray pictures of before and after. Her spine is fine now. And uh, I, I was actually talking to some guys recently and, uh, from the lead. I didn't realize I was talking to a group of pastors, and I didn't know where they were all from. And one of them was, he said, oh, she still carries those around in her bag all the time. So she can testify. She can testify. And I was in Mexico, in Guadalajara, and, and a lady came up to me. She said, I've got a bent spine. And I, I, I'm saying this. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to share. I heard myself say, you won't have that for long. I thought, what am I saying? How did that happen? <laughs> I just said it. That when I'd seen this happen in Leeds, she said, I've got a bent spine. I said, you won't have that for long. And I really knew it. I meant it. I, it, was, it just came out. Faith. I knew. I said, and I put my hand on her back. And I've not, not often seen this. She began to tremble. And she fell. And when she got up, her back was completely healed. I, felt, I heard myself say, you won't have that for long. See, I'm, I'm trying. I'm praying all the time. Lord, push me into more. Push me into more. Break, push the barriers back. I'm on a bit of a journey. I said I'd share testimonies, and I, I, I'm trying to learn as I go. But I'm, I'm finding that faith undoubtedly is a key, and, and I find it's faith that bubbles up. It's not something I'm mentally straining at. It's something the Holy Spirit is doing within us. So I believe that God would have us do that. And for me, one of the things that most helped me, I guess, I might preach on it tomorrow, I'm not sure. But Jesus, Jesus says, I won't leave you orphans, I'll come to you. And then you find in John, I, I was listening to Ram Babu preach in India. And he, he preached the verse from John 14, where Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, the things I do, you should do. Don't you know, forget the greater thing, don't we? Yeah, and that as well, why not? But this is it. The things I do, you should do. And then Rambabu was preaching and said, and why not? And I sat there, I thought, yeah, why not? Why not? And, and, and I found for myself, there were certain limitations, areas where I felt uh, confidence to pray, and then, well, I'm not sure about other areas. I, I was personally healed from a serious back pain 
And um, I'll tell you the story. I'll probably pray for people about this shortly. Um, I had very serious back pain for quite a long time. And um, I mean, I couldn't have stood like this for long. Uh, I had to sit down or I'd sit on the end of a table or something. It's just a lot of pain. I went to the doctor. I went to the hospital. They took x-rays, couldn't find what it was. And uh, in the end, a friend said, well, let's go to the osteopath. So took me to the osteopath and you know, put me on his kind of bench thing and said to the friend who took me, the guy said to him, you tell him what's wrong with him. He said, well, I'm not a doctor. I just brought you look at it, tell me, what, tell me what's wrong with his body. And, and a friend just looked and said, well, he's got one leg longer than the other. You know, could see it. He said, that's right. He said, they've, looked, they've x-rayed to see where is the pain there. But the problem is he's all out of line. And that's where it hits it. So, okay. So I started going for regular manipulation to try and put it all right. And to be honest, it didn't get any better. So I stopped going. Um, and that was that. I just carried on putting up with it. And then a preacher came to my church and, and said, people here with back pain. So I mean, I went forward. People did as well. And um, he said, just sit in the chair. Some of you, it's because you've got one leg longer than the other. I said, oh, that's what the osteopath said. So he, I sat on the floor. A big pun. I sat in the chair. He sat on the floor. I just took my heels in his hand, my feet in his hand, and it was very, you could see it, you know, one leg longer than the other. He prayed a short prayer, and my leg grew like that. It just went, shoom. And that was the end of my back pain. I had no more back pain. I said, wow. And he said to me, you pray for people. So I started praying for people, and I saw it happen. Boom. Wow. Uh, and then after a season, I, I thought, this is a bit strange. I mean, I'd seen a number of people healed. And I thought, this is weird, because I, 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 I can see this happen, but you know, I don't see the blind seeing or the deaf hearing. or you know, This is a bit strange. And, and so I stopped. I stopped. Um, I thought, hmm. And I, I, I found God really spoke to me. And I, went, I, was, I was at a conference, I think it was Spring Harvest or something, I was preaching, and a guy came up to me, oh, you're Terry Virgo. Yes. He said, you prayed for me X years ago. I had a back thing. He said, I've had no pain. Thank you so much. You And I thought, oh, I don't do that anymore. And then a, a neighbor said to my wife, Wendy, my husband was messing around. He's wrecked his back. He can't move. And she, Wendy said to her, oh, my husband will come pray for him. So I thought, thank you, dear. So I went And he was immediately healed, immediately healed. And I saw him the next day, so I was digging concrete out of my garden. I thought, man, this is wonderful. And I thought God said to me, come on, come on. I was almost ashamed that I was confident in one area, but not very confident more broadly. And I felt God said, do what? Do it. And I, and I began to pray again. I was actually in the USA one Sunday um, on a series, and I, I was there at a meeting, and uh, I'm praying for people with bad back and so on. And I'm praying down the line and a, and a guy says to me, my knees are shot through. I don't know a clue what he means, shot through. I thought, I don't do shot through knees. <laughs> so I thought, you know, but I'm there and so on. So I said, I prayed for him. He, he got up and then suddenly the people I'm praying for all start laughing. 
And I think, what are they laughing at? And I look round, and the guy with the shot through knees is jumping on and off of, of chairs. And he says, I can play basketball again. I thought, wow, what was that? And then the, the next guy says, broken collarbone. I've got metal in here, broken in three places. He says, somebody came up behind me recently, put their hand on my shoulder. I fell to the ground in pain. I can't carry a bag over my shoulder. I thought, I don't pray for those sort of things. Anyway, I thought, well, I've got to do that. I prayed for him. And a big smile came on his face. I thought, hmm. And then the bouncy guy came around and slapped him on the shoulder. And he was fine. And the next Sunday, we were still in town the next Sunday, and the opening worship, and both these guys came forward and said, can we testify? Completely healed. And I thought, oh God, you're, you're opening things up. And so I, I thought, Lord, help me. See, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I thought, I don't want to pray for people until I know. I know it's going to happen. One of the first experiences I had, which put me back a long way, I've just left work, I was just out by faith and all kinds of stuff, and a friend of mine, he and his wife had a child, their third child, who lived about 13 weeks, that was it. And that was a tragic story, little, little girl, who looked so sickly from the beginning. And one day I was in their home, and his wife brought the baby and I was praying with the guy and she said oh please pray for Christina she looked so ill and, and they called it a blue baby I mean her head was strange shape and terrible colour and uh, anyway we, we prayed laid hands on her and, and, and prayed and, uh, and when I opened my eyes she was pink I thought ah wow God's healed her and I, and I went home to my unsaved parents and said, Jesus has healed Christina. We prayed for her. She died three days later. And, and I thought, I was like, I'm never doing that again. Because I don't want to, I don't want to, it's, it's, it's very, the mystery is difficult. It's difficult to live with. It's very painful to live with. And so I always feel like if I've got it all sorted out, then I'll pray for people. When I've got all the answers, I'll pray for people. When, when there's no more mystery left, when I know it's going to happen, I'll pray for people. And I felt God's set me free from that and, and, and pushed me through and said, no, pray for people. Pray for people. And, and we've just seen more and more healings in doing that. I, I know, I, I thought I learned at once, uh, I'm of the generation that is not very comfortable with modern technology and so on. And you've always asked them that the younger generation. It's amazing. I asked my kids. I was in one of my son's home recently, and he's asking his, he's asking his teenager. I thought, what's happening in the next generation? Now, how does this computer work? What's this? And I was in my room once, and I, my computer, which I've got, but you know, who knows how it works, and, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm doing stuff with it, and I hit a problem. And my little boy walked in at that time. Little boy walked in. And I said, how does this work? And he went up to it, and he's just going, you know, typing on it. And uh, no, that's not it. And he did it again. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. And then, oh, that's how it works, Dad. And I said, I could have done that. He said, you didn't. <laughs> and I woke up. It's like he did it by doing it. 
He learned to do it by doing it. I'm like, if I understand it, then I'll do it. He's learning to understand it by doing it. And I'm learning all the time by doing it. And I believe God is inviting us to say, look, the kingdom is amongst us. The kingdom is here. Jesus is in the midst. He wants to enlarge our expectation. He is here. He is here. I was very helped, and I'll say this in closing, and then we'll pray. I was very helped when John Wimber first came to England. Some, even these days, don't know the name. It amazes me, but when he came from the US, I've never met a man who was so gentle and yet full of faith. Because sometimes when I discovered or I got filled with the Spirit, and then you wonder, oh, what about healing? You know, we're into New Testament Christianity. And I found that the people who preached healing often were a bit harsh and telling you off. You haven't got enough faith. What's your problem? And it's like bullying. And it's in there. Come on. And Wimber was the exact opposite. He laughed at himself. said we made lots of mistakes. And he talked about the kingdom. He was very clear on the, the, the presence of the future. He'd been very helped by reading George Eldon Ladd and his whole theology. Well, I mean, it's just commonly held theology. The kingdom is now, and yet the kingdom is not yet. Even now, we are the sons of God. It not yet appear, but we shall be. There is, a, there is a breaking out of the kingdom, but we're not in its fullness yet. And that really helped me, that, because there's sometimes mystery. You think, well, why wasn't that healed? Why? Uh, now, the danger for us as British people is we get too long, we're in the not yet all the time. And God wants us to know that he's here now. He is here now. But it gave us freedom to say, come on, Jesus, you're amongst us. And, and sometimes you sense the power of God is at work. And uh, run with it when it's working. Be available. Be sensitive to when he starts moving amongst us. So what I'd like to do, if I may, is having spoken for enough, I think, um, I'd love to pray for people if they'd like to be prayed for. And, and what I'd like to do is pray first of all for people who do have lower back pain, all right? Because I know you'll be healed. And that's where I was healed. And I will pray with you with real expectation. I'm not asking you particularly to have any faith. You will be healed. And uh, I'd love to pray for you. If you get lower back pain, if standing like I've been here for whatever long, you, you get a lot of pain if you do that. Sometimes it, it shoots down the sciatic nerve, you get back pain. And, and I'd love to pray for you first. And then as we go on, I'd love to pray for people who, who've got neck neck problem. I prayed for a lady in uh, Doha, and uh, she was the administrator of a conference. And I was praying for people, and she was busy, 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 and didn't have time to be prayed for. And she came to me um, the next morning. People are beginning to arrive for the conference, people milling around everywhere. And she just came up to me and said, I've got a frozen shoulder. Would you pray for me? I can't move this arm. I just can't move it. It's just... And so we prayed, and she just... I mean, her arm's going like a windmill. Whee! It's completely, completely healed. And just while people are milling around and arriving and sitting and chatting and stuff, she's got healed. And this a woman, about 23, um, she's looking like this. And she came over immediately. She said, would you pray for me? She got healed immediately. At the end of the day, this administrator came up to me, this woman. She said, do you know when my frozen arm got healed? 
I said, yeah. She said, the next one you prayed for was my daughter. She's an atheist. She got healed. She got saved this afternoon. You know, God, God in the midst. God in the midst. God, I prayed for some people at the Bermondsey Church. Um, I think it must have been last year now. And I didn't know. People were milling around. A number of unsaved people there. I didn't realize it. One lady got healed. And uh, I heard a few weeks later, she's walking through the market somewhere in the Bermondsey area. And, and friends started talking. So I said, you're walking differently. What's that? You're walking. You, you, know, you, you walk different now. So I got healed at that church. And she's, she's a believer now. See, the, 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 wow, God healed me. God's amongst us. So what I'd like to do is kind of stop the religious bit now. I'll stop preaching. If you get lower back pain, I'd just like to invite you, if we can just clear the front row here, see how many, I don't know how many there will be, and, and come and sit like I did. If you'd like to get involved to watch, you, you're most welcome to come and watch. And it's one of those things you can you just see it happening. You'll just see people's legs grow. And, uh, and it may be some of you would like to join in. And, and, and then we'll go on from that. And if people, sh- sh- necks and shoulders, I'd love to pray for people with arthritis. And, and we'll see what God, we've seen all sorts of things. Uh, I, I saw a lady heal from celiac disease the other day. She just said, I know it's gone. Went straight across to the food. There were donuts and stuff. <laughs> she just went straight over there, straight over there. Another person with shingles, it's gone. And I've had letters from people, pictures of their babies, um, saying, you know, we couldn't have children. And I've got, pictures, I've got letters and photographs at home, people who've had babies. And I think, Lord, just whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. Lord, we just thank you that you're here. Jesus, Lord, we love you so much. We thank you the kingdom is amongst us. Lord, we ask you, just would you keep breaking through tonight? Would you own this season with your wonderful presence? Would you do wonderful things amongst us, Lord? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just reminded, I was with Martin Tibbet. Um, he asked me to preach on healing a few months ago up in Bedford and on a Saturday night. And um, like that. And uh, I was praying for people with arthritis. And, and a, a guy the next morning, there was a whole line of people who stood up to testify to the healings that had happened the night before. And a guy went, I don't remember praying for him. And he stood up, he said, I heard Terry at the front command arthritis to go from someone's knees. He said, I've had arthritic knees since before I was 10. And he said, I wear special clothing. And he said, when he prayed for the lady at the front, it went from me. He was at the back talking to somebody. He went. He went. And, he, and he's on the platform. He said, and today I'm not wearing my thermal underwear. <laughs> God had done it. God had done it. So the Lord's here. The Lord's here. And let's, well, we just want to be open to you, Lord. So if you have lower back pain, would you like to just come forward? Let's just be informal. Come and take front row. Have a seat.